Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our very popular segment, and today we have a very special guest, Mrs. Jill Stalfox from Edgy. Jill, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, it is my absolute pleasure. Jill, um, we're not going to start uh, with where, where you're currently at. I want you to take us a bit back in time and tell us where you're career begun and how you got to where you are today? So I started in a very strange place. I started my career in sports uh, by getting a degree in accounting. So wow. A little different. And uh, from there, I actually was able to leverage that degree working for, you know, a big accounting firm the corporate, getting into the corporate environment in leadership roles really early in my career. So I was, for example, the CFO of a multi-international company at 29. And wow. that gave me kind of the belief in myself, if you will, to take on new leadership roles and to go into industries and opportunities that I may not know everything about. But I just believed in myself enough that I could kind of do it. So that led me to an opportunity to become a owner of a company um, where we created technology, wireless technology, to connect devices for businesses. And this was in the days when cell phones, you know, were just plain old phones and um, Palm Pilots came from a company called 3Com, none of which exists um, today. So uh, that, I went out and raised venture capital money and had a huge success with that. And that led to three venture capital-backed businesses raising $50 million in venture and returning a billion to investors. Wow. Wow. So, so, yeah. not, so not losing... Uh, Billions of dollars a year, like other startups. <laughs> not to not not, not, was, not to name anyone. <laughs> yep, it was yeah. a fascinating time and a and a good, a really good run. And it was after I did those three companies that I went to work for a large company in the U.S. that had this wireless technology that allowed for tracking of. Um, all the, for example, the major auto manufacturers in the U.S., in fact, 85% of the auto manufacturers in the world use this technology to track their production lines. And we were sitting around talking about how are we going to grow this business unit and what new things could we go do in industries we could be in. And out of that came sports. Sports needs really precise tracking that is sub-second 
where you could show it on television. So is, you know, would it be possible to put the name of a player, the speed, the distance on live television? And our technology could do that. And so we were crazy enough that we went out and did our first pilot with the NFL. Nice. And in 2014, we launched the first, um, it was the, literally the first of its kind, league-wide deal with the NFL where we put tags on every single player in the NFL and put every bit of data on television, which was really cool. And in today, it's called Next Gen Fast with the NFL. Um, and you can see it in all of our games. And so it's pretty cool. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So nowadays there's um, there's a whole new way of uh, basically viewing things or broadcasting things because recently ESPN had a broadcast for younger people like kids with all this animation and whatnot. So basically um, – customizing the whole stream for younger people to be engaged so it's definitely within what's 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 currently happening and it's empowering all that yeah it's actually pretty cool because out of that so we did this in 2014 you know fast forward to 2019 and that data is available for coaches to improve players but it's also available for all kinds of other companies to create really useful tools, a lot of them in high school and college, to say, okay, if I want to be the best, you know, running back, what does that mean? How fast do I need to be able to run consistently and for how long? And, you know, how many hits am I going to get? Or how, you know, how much do I need to train? Um, and there's all of these great stats that we track. And by the way, we track not just the game itself, but all of the movement through warm-up to, you know, the very end of the game. And surprisingly, even though the plays themselves, as you know, if you want to compare American football to the AFL, it's, our game is very slow. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot less playing than you do. Yeah, AFL um, players run so, the time. Yeah, your guys are like full out for 45 minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but our guys aren't. And so what's interesting is, is for example, the difference. You know, tracking as a, you know, let's call it a wide receiver for the NFL. You need to be able to start and stop a lot and rest because that's what you're doing. You're on the sidelines. And then come back in the game and have that same, you know, performance for three hours because it's a very long game. Um, and so that's a different skill than, for example, an AFL player who's running the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then running 15, 16Ks a game. It's amazing. Our players don't run even three miles. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but but, but the totally intensity, but, but like there's fast spurts, right? Yeah, very fast spurts. You know, it's a lot of energy and then it's no energy. And so managing through no energy is often 
harder than a constant pace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So that's so that's 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 currently a challenge that most teams face, right? In the in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge. It can be a challenge on how to train. So making sure that you are that your body is capable for these, you know, quick outbursts and then recovery and then outbursts and recovery. Um and that you're ready to go all the time. And it's interesting because you can see, you can naturally see when you watch a, an American football player that they, they're great in the first quarter and that they're tired in the fourth. It's sort of natural that you tire over a game. If you look at some of the very best players over time, they actually don't get tired over time. They, in fact, get better over time. So, and that's what the data shows, too. That's what this tracking data shows as well, is that some of the people that are the best prepared and sort of the most famous get better over time. So people like J.J. Watt or Tom Brady or, you know, some of these names that you know really well, they actually, their, their stats show that they get better over time. Wow. And how's that happened? Is that through just learning, knowing your body better or? Yeah, I think it's through great training. And it's, you know, that's the other nice thing about all of this tracking data that's come into sports is we don't just track live games now, but you also track, you know, recovery, you track everything in practice, and you track sleep and nutrition. You put all that together with great sports science where, you know, I mean, I think Australia invented sports science, for God's sake, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you put all that together and you end up with, you know, a full look at the athlete and what they're capable of and how to keep them in the best shape. Wow. Interesting. It's, yeah. Interesting. Um, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, the insight that you would have seen working with all these top tier leagues would be would be fascinating. Um, I yeah, it's actually pretty fun. And I'm like, I'm a female, and I know football cold. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, you're also working on a few other things, or you're, you're a part of a few things. Um, and one of them is the women's in sports tech. Um, that's a, that's a great initiative, especially with an industry that's very male dominated. T- tell us a bit about that about that organization. Yeah, so most of my career, I've been in leadership, and I've been sitting around corporate conference room tables doing large deals. And generally speaking, I'm the only woman in the room, or maybe there's one other. And so. When I um, left that corporate environment a few years ago, um, there is this great woman. Her name is, um, yeah, she and I together, we started this, um, Mary Lou, and we started this 
and I'm trying to think the exact date and I don't remember, but I want to say it was February anyway. And we put together this great organization where we have the ability to help other women succeed in sports tech. And we do that in three ways. One is that we provide internships where we pay for them to go and do the most amazing thing that they can at some great company. So um, whether it's an internship at, you know, a place like the MBA or even something like um, a, an IBM where they're doing sports science in a really deep way, um, that is like the kind of internships we provide. The second is we do mentoring. And so one of the challenges is if you go to a lot of these sports conferences and they talk about technology and data analytics and what's going on, often all men on the panel. And the one thing that we know about people in general is for them to believe that they can achieve greatness, they sort of have to see it to be it. And so we help the sports conferences around the world actually bring great, amazing women that are doing these jobs and highlight them and put them on the stage so that at least, you know, if there's a panel of, you know, six people talking about data analytics and sports, there's a female there so that young women can see, oh, wait, I can do that. Um, and then the last thing we do is we have a job board that is amazing. And it's companies that we work with that are looking um, for, for, you know, tech people. Um, and in particular, we know that there are companies that are um, female-friendly and believe in diversity. And what's cool about women in sports tech is it's not all women. It's men and women working together to change the ratio. And we could not be more proud of it. Yeah, I mean, it is an amazing initiative. Uh, not, not many are doing the same. So well done and keep going. You're doing a great job. Um, yeah, thanks. No worries. You're, you're working on so many things right now. Um, so I'm just going to have to ask you, what's taking up most of your time right now? So it's actually on the sports side, we're working with a bunch of fun um startup companies and I would say mid-market companies to help them figure out where their technology fits and how um, how to grow their businesses in sports. And it's, you know, if you want to grow a business in sports, a lot of people look at fan engagement and say, oh, I'm going to build an app for fans. That's a very crowded space to start a business. And there's a lot of other places where you could create businesses and sports that you can, you know, make money and solve real problems. Um, surprisingly, there's a lot, you know, sport has been run as large-scale family businesses for a long time. And now, in order to be competitive, they need all the infrastructure that a normal corporation needs. And they really haven't had it. And so there's a lot of back office things that you could do to help sports as well. And so we're working on a lot of things like that. You know, a nutrition company, a sensing company, um, 
a leadership training company. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely, and I and and you find there's a lot of um, uh, like boys clubs in sport where uh, certain figures have a, a crew around them and they have a strong a stranglehold over over certain uh, parts of the industry and whatnot. Is that still that that old school mentality still um, still very very ripe in in our sport? In terms of technology. Not really. Uh, yeah. There are, yeah, interestingly enough, there, because the teams are owned by, in general, family businesses or families, they, you know, those are organizations that love meeting real entrepreneurs and real CEOs that are trying to make a real difference in their um, and they get a lot of credit for it. Certainly, there's you know Amazon and IBM and the big guys there, um, but they're going to be more on the consulting side or you know that kind of thing. There's still tons of room, tons of room for entrepreneurs in sports. Yeah, absolutely, awesome, awesome. Okay, um, what's the future look like? For sports and sports tech, or should I should say, sports tech in sport. Yeah, I would say that you know the obviously the world is moving to data, data, data. Yep. And you know the next phase of that is analytics, analytics, analytics. Um, and a lot of that is going to come from machine learning. So yeah. fast forward five years. And you could be at an AFL game sitting in the stands and start predicting, you know, what the results are going to be in terms of, you know, at this, at this point in the season, on this cold or hot day, playing against this team on this field, what's the likely outcome? And all of those data points will be in databases that fans will have access. So I think that's where it's going to go, which is which is pretty cool. And the betting companies are going to love that too, eh? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, interesting. Wow. Okay. All right then, Jill. I mean, um, you you've shared a lot of great things with us. Unfortunately, now we we're going to have to let let you go due to time time constraints. But we could chat all day. Um, before we let you go, where can we find you guys online? Uh, go to our website at edgy, E-D-G-Y dot B-V, edgy dot B-V. Awesome. And, and your social media channels and whatnot are all there? Yep. You can find me on Twitter is the easiest way, and it's just Jill Belfox with one L on Twitter. Very nice. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Jill Stalfox from Edgy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this? 